This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good to be with you, as always, Sam. Fine to have you here on this uh, <laughs> wet uh, wet Tuesday yeah. uh, morning as we record this. Um, you know, I was thinking... Uh, That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> We're making progress. <laughs> yes. Slow and steady wins the race, as they say. Uh, but, uh, I, w- I was thinking, uh, as it happens, uh, on, on the, on the rare occasion the other day that, uh, you know, oftentimes when, when we were, you know, following the Lord and, uh, I think especially when we start out on a new venture, um, whether that's, you know, you felt God leading you to start a ministry or, um, to, to do a particular thing, maybe even plant a church or, you know, even take your business or your organization in a direction that maybe seems scary, but you know it's it's the way that God is leading you. Um, you know, when you do that and things are humming along, um, sometimes you just get, it seems ambushed or just bushwhacked, taken off guard by, you know, some difficulty, yeah. some pressure, some persecution. And I think that can be very disorienting. It can. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you're living in sin, if you're doing, if you know you're doing something wrong, you almost expect at some point God's going to lower the boom. Yeah. uh, you, you, You can anticipate, okay, I can only probably go so far this way till God's going to, you know, uh, kind of get my attention in some way. But, uh, but what confuses us is when we're doing everything right, we're obeying God, we're, pleasing to God. We're, we're not resisting. We're trying to do what he told us to do. And then when all of a sudden we get hit by a crisis, uh, that's confusing. It's like, well, why would God do that? And especially when you're attempting to do good things. Uh, maybe you tried to start a company uh, and you're going to operate it on Christian principles. And you're going to try to be a blessing to your staff and your your clients, and you're going to do it all to the honor, glory of God. You're going to maybe tithe on your profits to support missions. I mean, it's just this perfect kind of scenario. And then all of a sudden the bottom falls out of the economy or uh, you get cheated by a major customer and face financial hardship. And you, you think, well, well, Lord, why would you let that happen? I, I was doing all this for you. I was trying to glorify you. Um, shouldn't God protect you from those kind of circumstances? Yeah. And, well, I think uh, when we think about it, we think, yeah. Well, if I was God, uh, I, I, I wouldn't let uh, you know my best helpers or my best servants face this difficulty, especially when they're being obedient. Yeah. Well, and certainly because because there's a lot of Christians out there who aren't serving God, they're not being obedient, and so here's one who is. I mean, shouldn't you sort of open a clear path for them to be yeah. successful? Where are those they're, storehouses? They're, that... they're giving. They're, they're actually tithing and giving giving money to the church and God's causes, like help them be more successful, make more money. It'll be more money uh, going to the church. And of course, this has always been a case. And throughout the Bible, uh, I mean, just the whole story of the Israelite people is a story of this. I mean, their, their entire history is one of trials and tribulations and suffering of all manner of, 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 of suffering. And there's just many stories throughout the Bible of of people that were trying to do the right thing and then hardships came. You, know, you think about 
uh, someone like David, he's he's anointed to be the king, and and uh, I mean he's a giant killer. He's willing to take on Goliath. He's willing to take a stand for God, do everything right, and then all of a sudden. Uh, the king at the time, King Saul, becomes paranoid and tries to kill him, and he has to run for his life. It's like, well, what has David done to deserve that? I mean, he's he's fought against God's enemies. He's trusted God when no one else would, and his reward is run for your life. You don't know who is going to betray you or when Saul's henchmen might come upon you. You think about uh, Elijah. He goes and delivers a very difficult message to King Ahab, and as a result, he's uh, a fugitive for the next several years. Uh, you, you think about people like Peter and John. They, uh, After Pentecost, they're growing the church and they're ministering for God. And then what happens? They get arrested, thrown in jail. And then James ultimately gets beheaded. And you think, well, wait a minute. This church is just kind of getting started here. And they're they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to be a good witness. Why do you keep throwing all the, the key leaders in jail and, and even killing some of them? Uh, and so that's, um, that's just an ongoing, I think, issue that every Christian wrestles with. And, I, yeah. and you, you just, it's just pretty hard not to say you, you don't wrestle with that. Because, because when you're walking with yeah. the Lord and you're having great quiet times and you're spending time praying and ministering to others, maybe you teach a Bible study at your church and you're, you're faithfully giving and so on, and you're living a moral life, you're trying to honor God in your thoughts and your words and your actions, and then all of a sudden you get laid off your job or you lose a major customer um, and you, your, your car suddenly, you, you, you go out and find your car has been hit by somebody who's, who's left the scene and now you've got all kinds of damage to take care of. And and you can just turn and say, God, I thought you loved me. I thought you cared about me. I thought you were going to protect me. Uh, why have you let this happen? And so, uh, you know, there's, there's just lots and lots of, of ways where that can happen. And, uh, uh, and you know, I've, I've known some church planters that, uh, that they, they tried to start a church, and they were obviously doing it to honor God, to extend his kingdom. And then uh, COVID hit. And they couldn't even meet in person, and donors may be dried up. And uh, I know many a church planter who started a church in 2019, 2020 that had to just, just they just closed their doors uh, during COVID and said, "It's it, if I'd known that this was coming, I never would have tried to start a church." Or hmm. I've known people that committed to financially support missionaries and to, to su- give regular support to various ministries. And, uh, and then they faced a huge financial crisis. And it's like, God, I'm trying to support financially all these different worthy Christian causes. And, uh, and now all of a sudden I've got way less cash flow because of this crisis. What happened? Or maybe you felt led to go to a new job and you got there and then you discovered that there's a colleague there who thinks they should have had your job and they're jealous and, uh, and resentful and they're antagonistic toward you. And you're like, all I, I prayed about this. I felt God wanted me in this job, but it's just been nothing but hostile ever since I got here. So lots and lots of different scenarios where you think you're doing God's will, and then as you start walking down that path, all of a sudden things get worse instead of better. Well, I think we perhaps mistakenly uh, equate 
obedience to God with the easy path. Yeah. You know, we think, well, if we're, if we do the right thing, then, then, you know, God sort of responds in kind and opens the doors and smooths out the, the rough spots. And, and we just go through because the hard thing was being obedient. When, and and uh, you're supposed to be rewarded, right? You, yeah. there, you, God rewards obedience, and you you can't reward obedience by making someone's life harder. You, you make it, you reward them by making it easier. Um, and so, why does God do that? And I think just the rest of our time, would, I want us to look at just several reasons. And I'm not trying to provide just pat answers. There's there's lots of reasons. God always has multiple reasons for why He does what He does, but. But uh, a couple that I would just point out, at least to consider, because I, I suspect that some of our listeners probably can identify with this. Uh, you may right now be going through a difficult time, and at least in the back of your mind wonder, why did God allow this to happen to me? Uh, he could have let an atheist experience this. Why, why not just give all the problems to unbelievers? Um, but why does he let some of his choicest servants go through some of the worst suffering? Yeah. So, you know, one, first one I would just say is our primary calling is not to have an easy life. It is to glorify God. And God knows in any moment in your life how to get the maximum glory from you. And sadly, sometimes God gets more glory from our life when we're going through difficult times and still trusting him than when our life is kind of sailing along carefree uh, and so just remember that when you ask, well, why would a loving God let me suffer? Well, ask yourself, well, if my primary purpose is to glorify God, then wouldn't a loving God let me go through whatever it took to bring the most glory to him? And and I, I think we really struggle with that sometimes. It's like, well, I'm happy to bring glory to God as long as that means that I'm financially better off than I've ever been. Um, yeah. But losing my money, losing my savings or my business, uh, and yet uh, loving God just as much and trusting him just as much, that probably is going to bring more glory to God. It's just going to be a lot more painful for us. How, how much do you want to glorify God? Mm. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a second one. That is our primary calling is not even necessarily about what we do for God, but that how we relate to God. Uh, in John 15, it talks about abiding in Christ, just being so closely related to him. that That is our calling. It's kind of like the Mary and Martha syndrome. We keep being drawn to doing stuff like Martha, but our primary calling is to abide in Christ like Mary. Mm. And of course, you can, you can do that. See, I, that's what uh, often confuses us. It's like, well, I was doing, I was able to do so much more for God when I had money, when I had a job, when I had my health, uh, when I wasn't being persecuted this way. Now I'm doing a lot less for God. But God would say, well, your primary calling is not what you do anyway. It's how you abide. Mm. And you may have lost your job. You might have lost your money, might have lost your health, but you can still abide in me just as much as you always have. And so if you realize his primary, because that's what confuses us. It's like, well, God, I, I was able to give a lot more money to my church when I was, you know, earning all kinds of extra bonuses at work. And uh, now I've lost all that. But God might say, but you you can still abide in me just as much as you ever have. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not dependent upon your, your money to get my work done. What I want is for you to abide. And I'll tell you what, for those of us, especially if we're leaders or we're in business, um, when God tells us the thing that delights him most is just simply our abiding in him, we, 
we get a little antsy and want to say, yeah, but, but I, but I'm God. I, the abiding is all good and, and, and fine, but, but I can't do stuff for you yeah, right now. It's not now. very productive. Is yeah. It? It's, not, it's not productive, <laughs> but, uh, maybe one other one is just, um, you know, God's primary focus is on the spiritual, not the material. And a lot of times our frustration is with the material world, uh, money, homes, cars, jobs, uh, the things that we can touch and see. And, and when those things are taken from us, uh, when those things suffer damage, uh, or theft or whatever else, uh, they, they loom large in our world, mm -hmm. but really we're made for a spirit world. Uh, uh, we'll, heaven will be a spiritual place. The things that really matter that are eternal are spirit. Jesus even said we are to worship God in spirit and truth. Uh, but our because we live in a physical world, the physical things, the material things mean a lot to us, probably more than they should. And so a lot of our suffering has to do with physical realities. Um, but when your mind becomes spiritually minded, you realize that the, the spiritual world is still very accessible to you. And you can still have great success with spiritual things, even maybe of physical material things, you're not doing so well. Uh, and, and I, and that's always a little, I, I think in part, what God is trying to do is free us from our dependency upon the physical mm. and to, to make us not rely so much on it. And I think that's partly why it's so difficult. Jesus said for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven, because they're just so they're surrounded by, by material things that can very much entrap us and captivate us. And sometimes God just frees us from some of our material possessions. Um, you know, it's, I, for years I had a car I really enjoyed and drove uh, into the ground. And as I got older, I kind of hated to, uh, you know, get to the point where it wasn't very reliable anymore. And, uh, and I'm, so my first thought was, I just, I, I need to buy another nice car that I can really enjoy. And, uh, and God really just kind of told me, you know what, you and your wife could probably get by with just one vehicle right now. And, uh, you don't need just cause that material possession is kind of coming to the end of its time. Doesn't mean you need to automatically renew it, uh, get, get a replacement. Um, maybe at least for a time, just try living without that material possession in your world, your life. And, uh, and I think sometimes God just tries to free us from some things, uh, to say, you know, it's not that physical possessions are are evil, but they you can easily begin to depend upon them or to yeah. like them too much. And if that happens, it, it may seem unfair, unkind. Why did God let me lose this, lose this house, lose this job, lose this income? But God would say, because I don't want you to be dependent upon it. Your yours is a spiritual world, a spiritual reality. You're just passing through this physical world, so. Sometimes God allows some hardship, some loss, just to, to keep us free and traveling light uh, yeah. through this world. Well, we're far, I think we're far more in tune with the spiritual uh, reality when our physical reality suffers. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's certainly uh, the, the case. Well, let's take a quick break here and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Richard Blackaby. I'm the co-author of Experiencing God. And here at the Blackaby Bible Institute, we're offering an online class of Experiencing God that people can take from around the world. No one had any idea back in 1990 when Experiencing God was first uh, published 
that it would be so life transforming and that uh, people would experience revival. They'd be set free from burdens they'd carried for years. I can't go anywhere in the world without people telling me how this material has changed their life. And so we offer it as the Blackabees where we have all kinds of video resources, a live stream where you can submit live questions and uh, get answers from myself and others, and just many different resources that will enhance your experience of taking experience in God. So I wanna encourage you, if you've never taken the class before, or even if you have, the Blackbee Bible Institute will offer you more resources uh, than you could have gotten anywhere else. And so we look forward to studying with you and we're praying that it will change your life as you do. Well, I know we don't, uh, if, if we were God, we would do things differently, and, and thankfully none of us are, huh. uh, because I, I, I think uh, we would soon uh, ruin that, that position. And uh, one of those ways is just uh, when, we, when we face spiritual, or when we face material difficulties, uh, like we said before the break, oftentimes that's when our mis- spiritual eyes begin to be opened and and that reality becomes more in focus as God intended. Um, But we've got a few more ways in which uh, God uses those difficulties, even when we are being obedient, uh, to draw us even closer to Him. Yeah. Well, I think a fourth one is just remember that God is always trying to build your character. And character building often comes better through pain than through comfort. And uh, I think for most of us, we might say, when I've become more humble, when I've uh, become more compassionate, uh, maybe more loving, it's not been when everything was going my way, but when I, I suffered loss, I suffered pain. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, you're put into the fire, you're put in the crucible, and that's not comfortable at the time. But coming out the other side so often, you know, don't don't measure your hardship right now while you just suffered the loss and the being laid off work or whatever else it is. Uh, wait till you get to the other side and then look back and say, what was my character like as I went into that crisis? What is it like now? And maybe God did a beautiful thing. I, it was painful. I didn't really want it to happen, but. But, but looking back, I realized God was working on my character the whole time. And uh, the result is, it's, I may not have as much money in the bank now, but I've got a, a, a better character. A fifth one is just that God also sometimes lets you go through hardship uh, in order to be a witness. Uh, you know, it's fine for uh, Christians to try to say to, to people at work who are not Christians, uh, boy, you should accept Christ. He'll change your life. And we often tend to think, well, if God just makes me very successful and I've got the nicest car in the company parking lot, everybody else will want to be a Christian like me. But, yeah. uh, but if they see that you've gone, you've not been treated well by the boss, uh, you were cheated by uh, a business partner, uh, and yet you continue to have joy, you continue to have faith, uh, you weren't uh, angry and 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 resentful and bitter toward those who mistreated you, but you were forgiving and uh, gracious and kind and, and loving that, that speaks one, uh, just uh, volumes to people watching you. And, yeah. uh, and it, it, you just have to remember when, when you're going to work and there's other colleagues that, that are around you every day that are not believers, they're watching you to try to figure out just how real is this Christianity of yours. And, uh, and oftentimes they, they won't know that it's real till they watch it pass through the fire. And so sometimes God is allowing you to suffer because 
it will perhaps bring others into faith in Christ. Of course, he let his own son suffer for the salvation of others. If he let his own son go to a cross, don't ever ever think or assume that he would not let you carry a cross uh, as 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 he holds your life up before the people around you. Well, and so often throughout history, the the church has really only grown or exploded uh, when it's faced great persecution and great difficulty. It's through those hard times that the world looks at Christians and says, okay, maybe there is something to that God of theirs. Yeah. And like you watch them like trusting God, even as they're being, you know, brought out to the lions in the, in the Colosseum or being killed and, and yet saying, but I won't, I won't turn from Christ no matter what. Uh, that says a lot, uh, to people that they have to, to begin to wonder that they really meant that. That's not just a fad. That's not just a kind of a little, little idiosyncrasy of theirs they really believe this to be true so that may well be a part of it um a sixth thing is just remember god made you for eternity not time um some of the the losses some of the suffering that we go through is painful in the moment but in light of eternity it's just a blink it's it's so temporary even even painful suffering and there's some very painful things that people suffer physically uh, and yet, in light of eternity, it's not very long, and uh, it's very brief. And then for eternity, you are bef- with God. And so you kind of have to examine and evaluate your, your suffering, your hardships in light of eternity. That, that It doesn't mean it do- doesn't hurt, but it just it puts it in the right perspective. Uh, and then also, a seventh thing is just remember that God's measure of success is different than ours. Our measure of success often is a lot like the world's. It's how much money did we end up with? It, you know, how big was our house? How nice was our car? How, how nice, expensive were our clothes and our our jewelry and watches and so on? Um, but God's measure of success is very different. Were you obedient to what God asked you to do? Did you did you raise your family well? You know, I I, I I've, I've shared before talking with a a wealthy CEO that. Uh, lost a lot of money just with some people that cheated him, uh, kind of embezzled money, cheated him, left him holding the bag. And he lost a fortune that he had saved up uh, throughout his career. And he felt like a failure. He'd worked all of his life, made lots of good money, and then he had very little money to show for it at the end. But he had a, a very loving marriage, a, a godly wife who supported him through the most difficult times he had. He had a couple of kids who all loved him, respected him, who all loved God, were all walking with God, uh, grandkids that were growing up to love God with all their hearts. He was surrounded by godly, loving people who respected him and thought highly of him, even more highly because of watching him continue to hold on to his faith during that horrible time in his life. And, and I tried to encourage him to say, Hey, listen, you, in God's perspective and his measuring stick, you, your life's very successful. All your kids and grandkids are going to join you in heaven one day. You're going to celebrate for an eternity. Uh, and your character has grown and you become more like Christ. You, 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 all the boxes that really matter for God, you're checking them all off, saying you're very successful. Um, God does not measure your success by how much money you end up with, by what your tax bracket is. Um, that that's not on even the list that God has for success. And so be careful that you're measuring your life with the same uh, measuring stick that God uses in terms of success. 
And then uh, an eighth thing, there's a, a verse that's probably no one's favorite verse, uh, where in Philippians 3, verse 10, Paul says he wants to know the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. Um, and there just is something uh, very deep, very profound about actually experiencing in some small degree the sufferings of Christ. Uh, for some reason, God the Father just determined that the only way to accomplish his purposes was for his own son to suffer excruciatingly on a cross. And there is a sense, Paul said, in which every time you suffer, even as you're doing and following the will of God in your life, uh, that you share in the sufferings of Christ. And of course you can, it's great to, su- to share in the joys of Christ mm-hmm. and the, the peace of Christ, the power of Christ, but to fully know and experience Christ means that you also share in the sufferings. And, uh, and I think for a lot of us, we would say, well, I don't really want to know Jesus that well. <laughs> um, but to fully know and identify with Christ means you also have your own cross to take up and, uh, and uh, I, I think for that really is the defining moment for a lot of us when it comes to just how far are you willing to go with Christ. Mm. And then maybe two final ones. A ninth one is just, as I've shared before, uh, just remember this, that when you do suffer a discomfort for Christ uh, and doing Christ's will, he also will, he may not remove the pain from you, but he will provide comfort. He will provide peace. Um, and I've, I've said before, would you be willing to suffer discomfort if God himself were to personally comfort you in the process? Mm. He, he didn't take the pain away, but he, he spoke into your heart. He encouraged you. He loved you. He carried the load for you. Um, if you had God as your nurse, if you had God as your personal physician, to help you endure the pain and uh, the suffering, would it be worth it? Uh, would you rather have no pain or would you rather have pain and have God intimately involved in your life helping you to deal with it? And uh, there's just there's only one way to experience God as your comforter, and that is when you experience discomfort. Mm-hmm. There's only one way to experience God as your healer, and that means you have to have been sick. And so there are some aspects uh, to knowing and experiencing God that only can occur when you've gone through difficult times. And then the last one I would just say, uh, and I, it's not no small thing, but uh, bec- out of your suffering, out of your hardship, you are able to empathize with others who've gone through similar things. And you know, it, you know it's Christians, I think we God calls us to be caring and thoughtful people. But it's hard sometimes if you've never had anything go wrong in your life to really be able to empathize with yeah. those who have had lots of things go wrong. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, suffer every solitary ailment so you can sympathize with others. Uh, But I think having had, at least in some area of your life, a major setback yourself can help you better empathize with those who've also experienced that. It's just hard if if everything you've touched has always turned to gold, and then you you see someone in your church who's unemployed, uh, who's been just having difficulty with getting enough money to make ends meet, there's just a certain part of us somewhere with, within that just kind of says, well, if they just worked harder, you know, yeah. they, they just made been smarter, like they could be as successful as me. And that may not necessarily be true. They may have had some just misfortune. They might have been lied to, deceived, uh, betrayed, 
Uh, maybe their home life just did not set them up with the kind of education that yours set you up with. Uh, and so I think sometimes just to keep our feet on the ground, just to help us to not be too high on ourselves and, mm-hmm. and looking too down on others, God kind of helps us have our own setbacks in some way, just to kind of keep our feet on the ground. And uh, before we're too quick just to dismiss others for yeah. their shortcomings, we we are just have something in our life that reminds us of our own frail humanity as well that makes us realize we're just fortunate that we don't have more problems than we do. And God's been gracious. And there's certainly some very capable, intelligent people out there whose life has been far more difficult than mine has been. And so I'm just grateful to God, even in the midst of, you know, my problems. A lot of us have got problems, but, but there's a lot of people who'd be happy to trade problems with us. Yeah. And so I think it's sometimes good just to know that. No, I, you know what, I, before I complain too much about my problems, I think I'll go ahead and keep them because Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to look too far to see others who've got far worse problems than me. Yeah, well, it's certainly a great reminder that uh, when you follow the Lord, it's it's not always uh, sunshine and, and butterflies, but uh, there are difficulties. But on the other side of those, I, I think none of us would, would trade those uh, hard times uh, because of uh, the intimacy that that affords us uh, with God through the difficulty. So thanks for taking us through this, Richard, and until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackv.org.